You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. We have to move on. We must go on our forward words. We must go on. Are you in the same place with God today that you were last year at this time? Have you grown? Is your faith stronger? Is there better love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, self-control? Have we grown in grace? Are we further along? We must go on. When's the last time you felt your faith progress? When's the last time you felt the excitement that you first felt when you originally gave your life to Jesus? In today's message, Pastor Jeff reminds you of the importance of always being committed to growing your faith. When you don't water the garden, you stop bearing fruit, and it's not enough for God to remain neutral. Don't just be a traffic cone for God's kingdom. Be the best version of yourself by giving your all for the sake of Jesus. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 as he begins his message, Steps Forward. Now in life, I've noticed this and I see it all through the Bible, you and I can go backward, we can sit still, we can kind of aimlessly coast along and take life as it comes, or we can purposely move forward. That's four kinds of people. That's four kinds of people. If you go backward, let me promise you what you're going to find. Nothing. There's nothing back there. There's nothing back there in the world that God delivered you from. So if you go backward, you're going to wind up empty. If you're sitting still, you're only existing. You're just sitting there, sitting, soaking, and souring. Then you're not living. You're existing. You're just existing. If you're coasting through life, you have no compelling purpose. Because people with purpose don't coast. They move forward. Amen? Amen. But if you're moving forward in spiritual growth, in faith, in serving Christ, in your pursuit of Him on a daily basis, you're living the way God intends. Growing in grace. Growing into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Moving onward, forward, upward, always advancing. That's how God always saw his people in the Old Testament and in the New. People growing, never settling. Listen to how Paul describes his life. He said, I strain, I stretch, I reach forward to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven. Paul said, you want to know the way I live my life? Every day I get up reaching. I get up advancing. I get up straining ahead. I get up with my eye on what God has for me next, the next level, the next step, the next victory, the next achievement in grace. That's me. And and then he says, therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. He said, if you're a mature Christian, this is the way you're going to think. You're going to think, reaching, straining, grasping, extending your faith, going for the next level. You're never going to stop. You never arrive until you go to heaven. Now, if you track Jesus' steps in the gospel, look at the red ink. Read the red and track Jesus' steps in the gospels. 
And you'll see that Jesus was always moving forward, onward, upward, advancing, always. So if you hooked up with him like the disciples did and followed him around, that's the way you lived. Jesus told people the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Why? Because I'm not anywhere long enough to stay. I'm always moving on. Mark 138, Jesus told his disciples, listen to this, we must go on. We must go on to the other villages around here. I have to preach in them also because that's why I came. We have to move on. We have to move on. We must go on our forward words. We must go on. Are you in the same place with God today that you were last year at this time? Have you grown? Is your faith stronger? Is there better love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, self-control? Have we grown in grace? Are we further along? We must go on. We must go on. We must go on. Hebrews says, now we need to go forward to maturity. Hebrews 6.1. We must go forward. Now, I want to get real practical today. I never do a series like this that I don't want to be sure. I, I bring it down to our level. How do I go forward? How do I do it? Give me some practical ways I can actually grow forward. How do you do it? Well, I'm going to give you three characteristics of any person who's moving forward. Here they are, a defining moment decision to follow Jesus. You'll never find anybody growing in grace, moving on in God, growing in him into the likeness of Christ, never without that they had a defining moment decision to follow Christ with everything. A decision. Second, a commitment to self-discipline. Uh-oh, there's that word. We don't like the word discipline. Ten-letter word. We don't like it. And I know you're already thinking, great, here I am, and I got to listen to something about discipline. Let me tell you something. Your greatest dreams are beyond you being disciplined. And me too. And, and then the third thing, a willingness to be inconvenienced. A willingness to be inconvenienced. You may not have thought about that, but do you know how hard it is for God to get some people to flex and flow with him because they don't want to be inconvenient? But anybody moving on quickly learns, if I'm going to follow Jesus, i got to be willing to have my stuff messed with. My routine and my schedule altered and changed. i got to be willing to flex and flow with the Savior who's always moving on. Amen? Now let me talk to you about the first one, a moment of decision. A moment of decision. A, a person moving forward in the things of God invariably has experienced a pivotal, life-changing moment of decision where they said, I'm going on with him. I'm going to follow Jesus. We used to sing a song in the 70s. I'm dating myself here, but it's the truth in the 70s. And it went like this, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. I have decided to follow Jesus. And then we did this. The world behind me, the cross before me. 
the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. Amen. And I'll tell you that anybody moving forward in the things of God, growing in God, whose life is counting for God, they've had a moment of decision where they said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, though none go with me, the world behind me, see you later, toodaloo, I'm following Jesus. It happens like this, you're going along in life, just rolling with the punches, and all of a sudden you're confronted with the claims of Christ. It comes your way. Some of you haven't heard the claims of Christ in a while, maybe never. Listen carefully, you're going through life, and suddenly you're confronted with the claims and the call of Christ. And he says, follow me, follow me, pick up your cross, deny yourself, put my kingdom first, put me first, and you last, follow me. And we consider the claim, we ponder the claims, and we decide, concluding that he's the pearl of great price. And he's the treasure hidden in a field that is worth me selling everything and buying the field so I can get that treasure. There is nothing more valuable than Jesus Christ and following him. Nothing. So you decide. I'm not just going to be a pew-warming, Sunday morning Christian who the rest of the week lives like the world, but on Sunday I show up in church and punch the clock and put in my time. No, Monday through Saturday, I'm going to follow him and Sunday's the gravy on top. I'm just going to follow Jesus every day, every day. I've never known anybody whose life amounted to anything for God that didn't experience this decisive moment to go forward with Christ. Go forward with Christ. The truth is, folks, decision is so powerful. Listen, decision determines destiny. That's the importance of decision. That's what God gave human beings. He didn't give anything else. We can assess a situation. We can look at options and make a choice. And decision determines your destiny. That's the power of decision. Life is comprised of an endless series of decisions, major and minor, every day. We make decisions from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed that night. Our whole life is comprised of decision making. All of us sitting here today, we are the sum total and the byproduct of all the decisions we have made up to now. Not only where you are, but who you are is a result of decision-making. One decision can set the trajectory of your life, the rest of your life, and all of eternity. And I call those top-tier decisions. The most important decision of all is where you're going to spend eternity. There is no greater one. Greater than who you're going to marry, where you're going to school, what your career is going to be, where you're going to live, what you're going to drive, what you're going to wear, how much money you're going to make. The greatest decision you and I will ever make is where we're going to spend eternity. What did we do with Jesus? That's the most important one. There's not a more important one. 
That one is the fork in the road that decides the rest of your life and all of eternity. Where you spend eternity hangs on that decision. Have you thought about that? The lifestyle you decide to embrace is not foisted on you by how you were raised. You're not a victim. I'm going to say that again, you're not a victim. You don't have to live any way that you don't decide to. Even though people did you dirty and did you wrong, you don't have to give them the reins of the rest of your life. They don't have to control the rest of your life. Whether or not your life is going to please God and whether or not you go forward with Jesus, it's all a matter of decision. One man wrote this. I love this. Decision is a sharp knife that cuts clean and straight. While indecision is a dull knife that hacks and tears and leaves ragged edges behind. One good, solid decision for Christ cuts like a sharp knife. But if you're in between, well, maybe so, maybe not. I'm in, I'm out, I'm there, I'm gone. When you see that dead squirrel in the middle of the road, you're looking at a squirrel that could not make up his mind. <laughs> you, you ever seen them? They go this way, they go that way, they go this way, boom. And there's a lot of people in the middle of the road of life. I'm going this way, I'm going that way, and, and then boom. Amen. I believe God gave us his word so that we can live decisive lives. Listen to James. He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. In other words, James is saying, make up your mind. Who are you going to serve? Jesus taught, nobody can serve two masters, so make up your mind. Paul wrote, to be carnally minded, it's death. But to be spiritually minded, it's life and peace, so make up your mind. Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. Make up your mind. Joshua told the people of Israel, choose today whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. He made up his mind. Amen. Amen. Show me a person that has fully decided to serve the Lord, and I'll show you somebody that's moving forward. So let me tell you, my whole life changed when I fully, completely decided to take his yoke upon me and learn of him and walk with him and do what he wanted me to do. My whole life changed. Now, a second characteristic of a moving forward person is a resolve of self-discipline. Here we go. Let's dive into self-discipline. Let's talk about it. Many people, lots of people. Most people here have dreams, aspirations, wishes, goals, desires. But guess what? Without self-discipline, most of them are going to remain in the graveyard, marked, unfulfilled through lack of discipline. I wanted it, but I didn't bring my life into discipline to get it. The bottom line is, how bad do you want what you want? How bad do you want God's will? How bad do you want to hear the words at the end of your race, well done, good and faithful servant? How bad do you want to fulfill the reason for which he made you? How bad? Because whatever you want, it's going to take discipline to get it nine times out of ten. It's going to take discipline to get it. 
Can I tell you what the problem is? And it's my problem. The greatest problem is not the devil. My greatest battle is not with other people. It's with the person looking back at me in the mirror. <laughs> That's my greatest battle. That's who I have the greatest battle with. Me, I'm the one that's gotten me in most of my trouble. Come on, everybody. Get that halo off your head. Because our selfish selves don't want to serve God. We don't want to. We want to serve ourselves, our own desires, wishes, wants, longings, hungers, and our own will. We want to serve ourselves. It's all about you, don't you know? We're told that in our culture. Everything is about the self. Selfies. Self-magazine. Self-this. Self-actualization. Self-this, that, and the other. But that's not what it's about. It's about him. Paul the Apostle confessed, it is my own body I fight to make it do what I want. My own body. How many of you had a battle with your body already today? The, the alarm went off and you said it can't be that time to go to church. And you had a battle with your body. You had a debate with your body. Am I going to actually get up and go or am I going to yield to what my body's telling me to do? Let me tell you God's will for you and me. We are never to be told what to do by our body. We're to tell our bodies what to do. We're not to be ruled by time. We're to make time serve us. My own body fights me every day when I'm in that restaurant line. And I've told myself before going to that restaurant, I know the desserts they have there. I remember what was there. Those super duper triple quadruple chocolate cakes with whipped cream and a cherry on top and ice cream on the side. And you see it's 3,500 calories. You say, so when I go in there, that thing doesn't exist for me. But then you get in the line. And then you order. And then when you're done with your meal, they put that dessert stuff where you cannot not see it. It's spinning. It's lit up. It's right in front of you. And you have a strange ability to hear God at that time. You hear a voice say, go ahead. You deserve a break today. You'll ride it off. You'll walk it off. Go ahead. God understands. All good things come from above. <laughs> and you eat it. And you lost the battle with your body. It's that way with all of life. Listen to Paul. The trouble is with me. I'm all too human. I don't really understand myself. I, don't want, I, I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And I eat that cake, whatever the cake is. There's an answer in the next chapter. Here it is. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Y'all catch that? Can we read it together? If by the Spirit. Come on, everybody. You put to, how do I put my body down and get victory over my body? By the Spirit. You put to death the misdeeds of the body. You will live. So here's what he's telling us. The Holy Ghost in you and me is there to bring self-discipline. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So he wants to create in us. How many of you have ever had a bad habit? 
Boy, the rest of you got a bad habit of lying. <laughs> All right. Do you remember if you ever smoked? I'll just give you an example. If you ever smoked, remember the first time you took a hit off that cigarette? It felt like a lead anvil was dropped down into your lungs and you choked and you sputtered and you coughed, but you persevered. <laughs> Until finally that smoking became a habit that you loved, but it was a bad habit killing you. Okay, bad habits. But in the same way, there's holy habits. There's good habits. And the Holy Spirit, your flesh got you into the bad habits, but the Holy Spirit wants to bring you under discipline so that you can develop good habits or what I call holy habits because they lead to holiness. Attending church, reading the Bible, praying, things that you get into the habit of doing. Can I tell you, I've been reading the Bible so long in the mornings now, I'm being honest with you. I got to have my fix. And it's the word of God. And I don't have to smoke something, snort something, drink something, chew something, shoot something. No, it's, 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 it's a good holy habit. And it leads to holy living. And the Holy Ghost had to bring my life into discipline until I developed that habit. Are you hearing me today? So, so, so you say, well, man, I got a bunch of bad habits. Well, just replace them. Same way you got a bad one, you get a good one. How do you do it? It takes three weeks to develop a habit. You get into the word of God in the morning for three weeks, it'll become a habit. You'll have to have your fix. Amen. Everybody say holy habits. So the Holy Ghost has been given to us. One of his ministries inside of us is to bring self-discipline that we develop a holy habit. I love what Paul said. He said, I don't know about you. This is the Message Bible, but it's great. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everybody else about the gospel, and then missing out on the benefits myself. My all-time favorite coach, the late, great Tom Landry of the Dallas Cowboys. Great coach. Christian coach. He said this about discipline. To have a disciplined life, to live a disciplined life, and to accept the result of that discipline as the will of God is the mark of a man. Now, since he was only talking about men, I'll change it this way. To live a disciplined life and to accept the result of that discipline as the will of God, that is the mark of a mature Christian. Amen. So everybody say discipline. discipline leads to holy habits, which leads to a blessed life. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. And then the last one, this one's fun, a willing to be inconvenienced, a, a willingness to be inconvenienced. What are you talking about, Jeff? Oh, listen, God interrupts your comfort zone all the time. See, some of you are in a routine that is sacred. You got a schedule that is uninterruptible. Nobody messes with your schedule, with your routine. You get up, you do this, you do that. Same thing you did 20 years ago, you do now. You've got everything in line, like a sergeant in the army. Nobody messes with your schedule, but God can and God will. 
When the storms of life are beating you down and you feel lost in it all, how do you get back to where you were? When it feels like nothing is going your way, how do you become the person you know you are through Jesus? In today's message, Pastor Jeff reminded you that no matter what you're dealing with, God will always be right there to deliver you from it. Instead of choosing fear, choose the power God's provision and take leaps and bounds in your personal life. We'd love for you to have additional resources. Here's Diane with more. For more teachings and information about this ministry, we encourage you to check out hardwired.org. Pastor Jeff Wickwire has many more messages there. You'll find them under the audio tab. This will surely help you be encouraged in the Word. Once again, that's hardwired.org. We want to invite you to come back again next time for another teaching from Pastor Jeff. Daniel has more on that, giving you something to look forward to. It gets tiresome to live a compromised life. When we know what we want for ourselves and yet continue to choose what holds us back, it doesn't lead anywhere good. Next time on Hardwired with Pastor Jeff, he wants you to know that no matter where you're at, there's always time to change your circumstances. It's never too late to choose Jesus, and he wants nothing more than to lead you back into his flock. Live your life to the fullest by way of God's perfect grace. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in for this edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. You can listen to more messages from this and other books of the Bible by visiting hardwired.org. Join us next time to continue Pastor Jeff's series, The Power of Forward, right here on Hardwired.